to the You Are Safe podcast. I'm Anne Louise. And I'm Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, Anne Louise. How are you? Yeah, you know, good. Convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I mean, I'm on lockdown 3.0, so you know. <laughs> mm. It's the starting to think, is this just real life? How many lockdowns have you been? What a weird question. What a weird question, isn't it? That's like the, that's the word, that's life right now. So yeah. <laughs> what lockdown are you in? I, we're actually just opening up again. Oh On Monday, uh, we, we're opening up again. And there's a lot of, yeah, talk. Is that good? Is that bad? Because we're a very small country and the countries around us are locked down. So we fear that if we open, they're all just going to come in, yeah. take advantage. And, well, let's see. <laughs> That's meanwhile, a... meanwhile, where I am, the numbers are going higher and higher and higher. And now they're just telling everyone, act like you have it and stay home. So oh, wow. really, for someone with health anxiety, that's very fun <laughs> mm. and quite quite tragic but uh, leads into what we're going to talk about today isn't it <laughs> yes today we're going to talk about resilience yeah I need it, <laughs> give, it give it to me please where is it where, can I buy it online <laughs> is there a pill injection is it in the vaccine please <laughs> <laughs> that would be good here is a resilience pill Oh. From now on, you will experience side effects include. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a big word, and I think it's an important word for um, what we're going through. Yeah. And um, to me, resilience. Um, I remember the first time I heard the word. I was on a training on the way on a training um, with a friend, and she was driving the car, and she was talking. She was, this is a few years ago, and she said, yeah, my word this year, at the moment um, is resilience. And I thought, oof, that's an expensive word. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what, um, what does that mean? And um, so to me, it, yeah, so she explained what it meant to her. And it means how do you bounce back from something really, really difficult? How do you get back up? Um, yeah, I think I think that's the short, the yeah. short. Uh, what what is resilience? What is resilience to you? I mean, what's what I think is really interesting about that word is I thought I always had it <laughs> because I would we were moved around a lot as kids and we went through a lot of you know traumatic events and I think we were always sort of taught like oh you're so good at adapting and I think I always confused it with adaptable like I'm you know, I'm resilient, but really I was ad adaptable. I guess that's the right word. Um, and I wasn't resilient because I, I feel like part of resilience is um, going through something and getting back up, but also having dealt with it. Yes. Also having gone through it and dealt with it and, you know, and absorbed it and then come back out. Whereas I never absorbed, I absorbed everything, didn't deal with it but just kept going, mm. um, which meant when a new thing come, it would go right on top and bump, 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 and then I would explode. Right. <laughs> um, so I think especially last year and doing a lot of reading on resilience, I was like, oh, I, I need more of this. I need to learn when bad things happen, how to deal with it, how to, how to absorb it, how to deal with it, and how to bounce back and keep going and... Um, just learning that I, that I think that's something mm. really important. I need to I need to learn. Mm. I oh, yeah. what was what just came up for me while you were talking? Um, I say that a lot. So you can, <laughs> anyway, um, um, resilience is a word that you use a lot in the corporate world. You wanna you wanna give your employees resilience. You wanna teach them resilience, and I think people have this notion that it means that hard things don't bother you. Yeah. Do you have that? Is, but maybe yeah. maybe that does, because I think when something happens, it's going to affect all of us, but some people can just um, 
bounce back quicker or yeah. or maybe not even be affected by it and and i'm not sure that that means resilience because did they really deal with it or is it a cop out like was it real yeah and i think the way you're explaining it is so much deeper so much realer <laughs> that's not a word but more real um because you something experience something is you experience something you take it in you absorb it you swallow it but then you digest it you deal with it you take the learnings you know just like when you're digesting food you absorb the nutrients and then you let go of the things that don't serve you you know you eliminate waste and you 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 know it goes through you yeah and i think when that process um is flowing Mm-hmm. As I'm talking, my my hands are moving like like a flow. Yeah. Um, that that's when you're you're resilient. That's when when you said I need resilience. I don't have it. Like I think yeah. that's when you have resilience. Is that when you can do that flow? Yeah. Because okay. I yeah sorry <laughs> yeah no because I think when you don't deal with it and you just sort of let it let it oh yeah yeah that's fine then I think next time and next time and next time something builds up boom 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 and then eventually you're just gonna crash. I think, I. what do you think? No, I completely agree. And, um, you know, you and I started talking about this because I, I, I found that article, the How to Help Kids Build Resilience Amid COVID-19. And um, something that came up a lot in that article was, it was this, um, having the parents tell the truth to the kids mm. and being honest. And that's why I keep thinking, like, resilience must have something to do with actually accepting and dealing with this truth and the hardships and then pushing through i don't think resilience is being like something's hard is happening that's fine i can handle it keep going it's like something hard is happening that's really hard i'm feeling sad oh i felt that sadness okay now we can go on to the next step like i feel like that's more because that's a lot what i got from this this article on how to build kids and and reading through it and reading the kids that were resilient were these parents that were, you know, consistent and were honest with their kids and were open with them and would tell them the truth. And um, I talked a lot about, you know, if you've lost your job or you've lost the money, like don't hide it from the kids and don't pretend everything's okay because that's going to stress them out more. Like, you know, be talk to them through it and tell them everything's going to be okay. But, you know, and letting the kids explore their emotions and all these things. And um, I definitely didn't really have that growing up. Which is, it was very much like, everything's perfect and fine. And, you know, even when bad stuff happened afterwards, it wouldn't be like, hey, this bad stuff happened. Let's do how do you feel about that. It was more like the bad stuff happened and now we're moving on. Yeah. Um, uh, which... I don't think was healthy, uh, which is also why now whenever bad stuff happens, I get really scared instantly and I get really sad and and I can't get it out of my system afterwards because it feels like it's stuck. Um, and I think having more resilience for me would be that I would be able to get it and it wouldn't be stuck. It could flow, just like you said, flow around and then... I go like, okay, that happened, and then and then bounce back. But that that's how I'm exploring the term. Mm, I love it. It's so much deeper, isn't it, than just uh, um, just bounce back yeah. Or, or, or yeah. And I'm and glad I, you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad what you said about the the workplace because I went on resilience training. Oh, great! Like, Tell me about yeah. that. What did you learn? <laughs> but but that was very, and I remember being a little bit angry because it was very much about like. Uh, your boss said this bad thing and then you just need to take some breaths and then you know move on and all these things very much like quick fix quick fix quick fix and I re- I keep having this in my head I really think this uh, um, resilience is this like truth discovery of truth sort of thing like being truthful being honest and like okay your boss attacked you why is it you're feeling it so much what what is it that happened explore it sit in that sadness sit in that thing oh that's why and then move on like i think that's more resilient being like this has happened to me why am i feeling sad why am i the acceptance and then moving on Mm -hmm. um yeah that i just wanted to bring up with the workplace 
Yeah, yeah it's true because I think there is this resilience, and I think there's this um, idea also that someone resilient is something someone very strong, and mm-hmm. and now and nowadays in our society, someone very strong is someone who doesn't uh, sit down and cry and, uh, and and lose it because that shows weakness. Yeah. So, so I, I think this, you know, yeah, that let's change that. <laughs> I, I mean, I for me, resilient people. My definition when I see someone resilient is someone I can see has been through bad stuff, has accepted that, knows they've been through bad stuff, but they've dealt with it and they're still carrying on and they still sometimes have days where they cry, but then they're still smiling. Like, I, I have like images of people flowing into my head right now who I think are resilient or these people where I know they've been through terrible stuff, but I see them and they still have bad days and they still cry, but they're still smiling and when bad things happen they go okay this bad stuff happened okay now we're going to move on and not this um i know that's a very like english british thing that's like keep calm carry on something bad's happened that sort of thing um which i'm you know i feel but it's this idea of like we're going to move on after having accepted and dealt with it we're not just going to like steam drive um which is sort of what I grew up with and I find very frustrating and when I see other people doing it or I see other people telling their kids like don't cry stop crying like don't be sad like the if I hear anyone say don't be sad I am so mm. triggered yeah <laughs> like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyways <laughs> yeah and it it comes down to uh, some a kid hurt you know the, the kid falls and hurts his knee and then the parent says oh you're okay you're okay just move on and then the kid's like, oh, I'm feeling a pain, but my mom says it's okay, and I don't feel pain. So what I'm feeling must be wrong. So, okay, let's move on. And then when you reinforce that over and over again, you just grow up thinking that what I'm feeling must be wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was my, <laughs> my sense on parenting. But it's, yeah. I think you're so right, and I think that example of a kid falling over is interesting because I guess the way resilience there maybe we'd be built is more of a kid falls over and you say like yeah that hurt didn't it that that really hurt and um sort of like what are the lessons next time are you gonna you know look out the next time or you know sometimes we fall over the sort of true being a bit more true I'm not a parent so I don't know (laughs) Um, it I think it's about making it okay that you fell and then, and, and yes, it hurts. Yes, but don't catastrophize it. Don't go, oh my God, you fell. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. No, it's like, oh, okay, you fell. Well, that's okay. Because when you normalize it, and it's the same thing with mental health, I think. I would love to see a world where mental health is, uh, when you crack, that that's okay. Like, okay, you cried in uh, in this meeting. Um, yes, that, that was, that was, probably not the most professional but it's okay it's fine move on let's yeah or or you fall into a, a, a depressive state and then oh well it's okay you know you'll get through it yeah you will bounce back you will be resilient yeah and i've this during all of this covid and lockdown i feel like that's what i've had to tell myself a, a lot mm. a lot more um and I think the problem has been that like this whole bouncing back you will be okay is hard to tell yourself if you don't actually know because we don't know when we're gonna fully get out of this and um yeah that's that's what's been so hard hasn't it that that we don't know we thought the first week um of lockdown it was going to be a week two weeks and then we'll all be back to normal and then (laughs) we quickly learned that that was not going to be the case wasn't it Uh, and and um and dealing with this thing that is uncontrollable we can't control it um mm -hmm. i think is so bloody hard yeah yeah definitely so what can we do (laughs) (laughs) what can we do um what can we do i well let me tell me what what happened for me each time um uh, we got new new news uh, because this was a year where we saw uh, the government on TV much more than ever before, right? And uh, each time our uh, prime minister and our health minister came on um, on TV, 
it, it was as if the world stopped. You know, what are they going to say now? Uh, what's going to happen now? And, you know, I, I pictured it a bit like back in the 60s when, um, when there was a person on the moon uh, or when Kennedy was shot. The world stood still for a moment, and sort of, what, what's next? And that's what I, that's what I felt like every time they came on on TV. And, and okay, what's the next thing? Is it, what's happening? And um, and it was really scary, really. And I know the rest of the day, and the, probably the day after, I was, I was moody. I was, um, I would be more yelling at the kids, more more annoyed with the kids, or annoyed picking fights with my husband and I just and those were the signs that okay I'm not doing very well I need to yeah do something um and 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 after a while I I could see the pattern after a while I knew okay prime minister is coming on Thursday I know that I I'm going to be sad on Thursday so let's not schedule anything in on Thursday yeah um but this unknown I found uh the, the not knowing what's going to happen I find so so hard and I also find the constant changing of everything was so hard. Um, you're locked in, you can't go out. Uh, next week you can go out, but only 20 meters. And then the, two weeks later you can go out, but it's 20 kilometers. Like, what? Yeah. What can I do? Excuse me? Um, and that the different countries in Europe don't try to align and do the same thing and deal with it the same way. And if you want to travel to Germany the rules are different than if you want to go to France and ah, <laughs> yeah. like stop it, <laughs> stop <Yeah>. changing. <laughs> um, it's, it's really, but when life is out of control like this, when, um, because we can't control it, it's simply out of our control. What's important to hold on to is what can you control? Yeah. What is there that you can control? And you can control, for instance, when you're going to get up in the morning. You can control whether or not you shower that day. I know a lot of people who live alone, they're like, why bother? Uh, or um, when I eat, what I eat. You know, there's little things that you can control throughout your day and hold on to those things. And that makes the uncontrollable uh, more bearable, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my major problem with it was the idea of, I mean, I already suffer a little bit from, from the idea that I can't control what other people think and do. I think that's just part of like anxiety, you know, getting stressed, but being in a situation where other people's actions will affect me, mm. like, and I think, you know, this whole COVID thing, if, I can stay in and I have, I've been, I've been a super, super, very diligent rule follower. Um, so much so that I've been like shamed a little bit. Like I've had people say to me like, oh, wow, you're really following the rules. <laughs> like wow. to a point where I'm like, yeah, it's a global pandemic. <laughs> and like, I, I realized there could have been moments where I could have gone to a restaurant and I could have gone out to a bar, but I didn't um, because I just didn't feel safe and I didn't feel comfortable. Um, but seeing people around me, people close to me breaking the rules, hearing people at work breaking the rules was, it still is so um, just damaging for me because I suddenly feel like I who I don't trust anyone mm. and and this real frustration of like because a big thing for me this year has been I'm quite often homesick but right now I cannot go home like you know I can you know I would be let but I'm I'm so homesick and knowing that other people because they're breaking the rules are stopping me from coming home you know in the bigger scale if they follow yeah. the rules the numbers would go down, the borders were open, things like that, makes me so angry mm -hmm. and, and makes me so sad. And, you know, it's, this, it's been this weird balance of being like, I have to do what's safe for me. And if people think that's right for them, like I can't tell them what to do, but oh my God, can you just not break the rules? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, um, and I, I had someone being like, oh, it's just, 
you know, I'm a little bit of a rule breaker, those sort of things, like almost bragging about it. And I got so angry and I didn't say anything to this person, but um, I keep I keep explaining it. I, I feel like a kid in school who wants to go to recess and there's just someone who won't stop talking. And the teacher's like, if you stop talking, you can go play. And this person keeps talking. And that's how I feel about the people who aren't follow, following the rules. And by the way, like, I know people do have to go out and I know there are people who have to be out, but it's the people I can see who, you know, are definitely not following the rules when they can follow the rules and they have the privilege to follow the rules and they're not doing it. It's those people that um, make me feel so out of control. And as much as I at home, you know, I get up, I've, I've since the beginning, I've gotten up, I've gotten dressed, I've put on makeup, I've sat on my desk, I've done, you know, had breakfast, I've, um, everyone always makes fun of me, they're like, are you in sweatpants? I'm like, no, I'm in jeans, I'm in my skirts, and they're like, but you could be in sweatpants, and I'm like, yeah, but I need it to feel normal, yeah. and I would be in jeans, and I would be in, um, a skirt, and all these things, and, um, so I've tried to do everything that I can control, but I found what has set me off the most and the thing, you know, I know I can't control what other people do, but that's the one that has really set me off is these people that I'm like, you could just wear your mask properly or yeah. do you have to go, you know, do you have to have a house party? Do you have to see these people? And especially over Christmas and I I don't blame anyone for going to see their family because I if I could have seen my family I would have seen my family but it's you know you I feel like you end up with a lot of anger and resentment and a bit bitter like so I feel like that's been really really hard yes <laughs> and I know yeah. a lot of people feel that way as well yes it um it 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 has been hard um. Mm -hmm. When you said, I have been shamed for following the rules, it reminded me that I actually said to a friend um, recently, I hope you're going to break the rules because the rules are ridiculous. And so actually I was shaming someone uh, uh, for wanting to, to uh, follow the rules. And I think, well, the thing is that, that uh, the rules here where I live are, the country I live in is so multicultural. And we have um, so people from so many different nationalities and different ways of doing things. And you need to make rules that will that will kind of uh, get everyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the southern mentality of Europe is just different than the northern mentality of Europe. And there are m more southerners here than northerners. And north, like if we were to generalize, let's let's generalize. I know we shouldn't generalize, but if we generalize. The northern people tend has have a more tendency to follow the rules. If the mm -hmm. government says this, we follow. The yeah. southerners are more like, no, that's BS. I'm not going to follow the rules. I'll do whatever I think is right. And so I think my country has sort of found a middle ground of where to follow the like where. At least I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. But it does piss me off because if these people would just follow the rules, then I wouldn't have to sit at home and not see anyone yeah. um, so it definitely pisses me off uh, when when people don't follow the rules and um, but no not but and <laughs> what I also have learned this year is the acceptance of how other people react to this mm -hmm. um, because family members there's some family members who say I don't care I want to see my I want to see you um, that's more important to me than maybe getting sick. And there are others who have said, no, I, I'm too afraid. I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to see you. I'm going to wait till all this is over. And then we can see each other. And so there's these two extremes, you know, and um, you just have to accept respect. You don't have to agree, but you have to respect that that's what, that's their um, opinion. And uh, that's been very hard to swallow one at some, at some times, you know, uh, grandparents who don't want to see their grandchildren. It's like, oh, OK, but you have to respect it. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to respect it. Yeah. Um, and it's just hard when you think <clears throat> if you just stayed at home, <laughs> like if you just followed the rules, 
we could you could do all of these things you're wanting to do much faster but yeah you're so right i need to i need to respect a little bit more but it's a, hard um, it's hard it's very hard it's it's um yes it's very hard um my my um my husband is my rock um he is mentally extremely healthy and uh, <laughs> he's someone i need around me uh, when i start rumination or if i start no ruminating is the word uh, if i start um, spiral going down a spiral that's unhealthy i know that he's there for me to say uh, stop please you're being way too harsh on yourself you're da 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 so he's definitely my rock and what's been very hard for me is when he starts losing it mm-hmm. when he has uh, had trouble dealing with the rules and people following or not following the rules uh when i start when i saw started seeing him crash i was like uh oh oh no 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 excuse me you can't do that you can't do that to me because if you're going to crash <laughs> what's going to happen to me um but he's someone who's who's um he thinks for instance that uh um speed limits on the roads are silly because he's a very good driver and he would be able to drive faster but it's because of the people who don't follow the rules or who are not very good drivers then we need to have a speed limit that you know sort of makes sense for all the people yeah and okay so we accept that and but and it's the same thing with the rules of covid is that not everyone is respecting the rules and not everyone is as good as da 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 you know so we need to find a middle ground that um that he was drawing that parallel to when i was freaking out saying it's all these i Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I literally love that so much and that's that's clicked in my head and really actually helped me. So thank you this idea of this this, you know, it's the I mean my my husband is the same. He's also my rock and he also cracked the other day and started yelling and was like these people are doing this and I was like no, 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 you can't. <laughs> and he got angry and it's the first time I've seen him get angry. um and and angry at people around us and i was like no 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 um the exact same reaction <laughs> <laughs> don't um, do that <laughs> but but he said the same this you know i wouldn't go into a shop and steal but there are rules that say you can't steal because there are people who would steal um and i mean it's the same here people want to go out and party and drink pints so they're locking us in so people can't do that but just like with stealing people are still going to go out and steal and just like with lockdown people are still going to go out and see each other and um yeah so that that parallels actually already helped my brain it's like sometimes you just have to accept that people just won't follow the rules but i guess i mean stealing does affect me if you think about the greater wider scale but i guess because covid so directly affects when you can and i don't even care about going to a restaurant like i don't you know i don't have to go out to eat or to a pub i want to see my family and i want to see my friends and well i also really want to go to a theater but <laughs> that's that's stretching that's not stretching <laughs> so yeah. like the the common it's yeah. it's because something so simple as hugging your sister has been taken away or mm. you know hugging a mom or something has been taken away i feel like that it that's the first time where I've been like wait other people's actions affect me like this is so how do I and and I think something that's been important for me this year is and what's helped me is something you've talked about is just this idea of acceptance and just saying okay that's just the truth and that's what it is and I can be annoyed and angry about it but I can't change it <laughs> like I can't change everyone's opinion i can't change how everyone lives their life but but and it brings me back to this how do you control the uncontrollable mm-hmm. is that this is an uncontrollable situation we don't know what's going to happen it's very unpredictable um we don't we don't we as the public we don't know everything that goes on behind closed doors at, le- at least that's what i feel um we've been given numbers every day this many positives this many tests this many deaths this many blah 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 but they these numbers don't mean anything because you have to have numbers numbers are only important if they're relative to something else 
Otherwise, a number is, is, is useless. It's the same with money and currency. Uh, two euros means nothing if you don't know what it's compared to. Um, and, and the same with numbers. When they say there's been, in Luxembourg, uh, there's been um, recently, the, the numbers have been three deaths, two deaths. But a couple of months ago, every day it was nine deaths, 10 deaths um, every day. And to me, it was, well, compared to what? How many people do usually die every day? I don't know how many people usually die every day. But now, but now I, I know how many people have died of, of COVID um, every day. But I, and when Christmas approached, I know that Christmas is a time where a lot of old people, more old people die. I mean, that's just a sad, sad truth. Um, and so when the numbers came in, I was like, but compared to what? Com ah! <laughs> Give us yeah. more information. And how many other underlying diseases did they have? What did they actually die of COVID, or did they die of, you know, some someone, uh, someone who has cancer? They don't they don't necessarily die of the cancer, but they die because their immune system has been weakened, and then they get a flu, and then they die of the flu. But does that mean that they're in the statistics of someone who died in of flu or cancer? I, you know, there's so many things that we don't know, and all this uncontrollable ah, thing yeah. <laughs> is holding on to the things that you can control. And it's so great that you're telling me that you, you got up, you got dressed, um, you didn't sit around, you, you put on makeup and all that. I definitely didn't do that. I, <laughs> um, um, but I did shower every day. That, that I, do, yeah. I do like to be clean. Um, <clears throat> but yes, it's like, what, what are the things that you can control? What is in your realm of, um, and what can you accept? I think it's the same thing with, with mm -hmm. the acceptance because yes, it's easy to say, just accept the situation. Um, yeah. that's, that's, that's not possible. <laughs> How do I, yeah. I, what has helped me has been to, to know that our grandparents generation, they have gone through one or two, um, world wars and their life was also put on hold. You know, uh, a lot of them were in education when the war broke out, they had to stop their education. They have to go in war. You know, yeah. can you imagine what that must have been like? Um, yeah. or, or the, the women staying at home, they couldn't have their kids. Um, I know my grandmother was quite old to have her kids. Um, and that's because of the war. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't asked her directly. I don't know if it's actually truth, but both my grandmothers um, were quite old for their generation to have kids. And I'm assuming it's because the war kind of stopped, you know, they couldn't meet any men. They couldn't get married. They couldn't, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So their life were, was also interrupted. And that's just what's happening to us now. And mm -hmm. if they survived that, you know. I know. But then as we've, you know, spoken about, would I call, you know, the women in our, the, you know, our grandmothers, I'm not sure I'd call them resilient. <laughs> like, I think they were strong and able to get through things. But I also think it was very much like swept under the rug and, you know, not dealing with it. And, and that's why I think it's so important. And I think both of us having these conversations being like, how do we stay resilient? And how do we get out of this straw being I'm not gonna. I'm gonna get rid of the word stronger. How do we get out being more resi more resilient? And how do we teach the next generation that, and the generation after that? If because you think about it, like if our grandmothers and our mothers had been resilient, they could have passed it on to us. And a situation like this, our generation would have maybe been able to cope with this a little bit more, better, a little bit more. Um, so it's like the. I hope this never happens again, but let's something mm -hmm. may similar happen in the future. How do we prepare that generation for something? And I think something positive that's come out of this that I've seen a lot is it sounds like the generation, like your kids, that generation is going to be very resilient and very prepared and will hopefully bring that on to the next generations because they're, you know, what it sounds like much more compassionate, empathetic, truthful, honest. Um, they're allowed to feel sad. They're allowed to feel angry about the situation. I don't think our grandmothers were allowed to feel angry or sad or 
any sort of feelings with those with what was happening. I mean, I, I'm not even going to say I think. I know they weren't allowed to feel mm-hmm. sad or angry. They just had to keep going, keep going. Um, and that's why I'm hoping that our generation, the next generation, because we're allowing this acceptance of the situation and we're accepting I'm angry. Like, I've had so many days where we, we've had work talks where they've been like, how's everyone feeling today? And people have been like, yeah, I'm a 10, I'm a 9, I'm an 8. And I've been like, I'm a 3. I don't feel great. And I've tried to say, like, I think it's important that we don't put on this false pretense of like, I'm great, I'm doing well. Sometimes I'm going to accept, do you know what? I feel really, I'm going to swear, fucking angry today. And I feel really fucking upset. And I'm going to cry today. And you were saying the thing about eating healthy. <laughs> like, I've had days where I'm like, I'm going to eat so many cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this sort of acceptance of um, of the bad stuff as well and allowing you to feel sad. And, and I really had it in 2020. The days where I allowed myself to feel sad, where I allowed myself to feel angry, those feelings passed through much quicker. Once you, once you allow it, once you're like, I'm so mad at the government, blah, like those things, suddenly you, you're like, oh, that feeling's gone now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're not constantly being like, everything's fine. We'll get out of this. Everything's fine. You're being like, no, actually not everything is fine. Everything's quite shit and blah. And then suddenly, and the, we were talking about our husbands being mentally strong, <laughs> which is when my husband did have that outburst and was angry, 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 then he was like, oh, I got it out. And then yeah. he was able to move on. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, our, yes, yes. Our husbands are going to be like, we're really cool. Why don't they just do what we do? <laughs> <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> Crazy ladies. Yeah, yeah, no, but when my husband gets angry or, or gets upset or um, I can, because he doesn't always express it. Sometimes it comes sort of sneaking up and then I'm like, what's going on? I think there's something off. And then he's like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not dealing with this situation as well as I would have. And then panic just comes in me like, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> Please <laughs> just get it together. But what I'm forgetting is that he bounces back. You know, he'll feel the feeling and then he'll talk about it and then he'll be fine. Yeah. And and that is so uh, great that you're saying that, that yes, it's of course it's OK to be angry. Of course it's OK to be uh, to swear and to overeat and to overdrink. I I've been drinking so much this year. <laughs> me <too. laughs> I mean, goodness me. Um, how else are we supposed to get through this? You know, Um I've my also <laughs> sorry. I, my my favorite thing was my my sister at the beginning. She she said, "Yeah, the kids today just came up to me and said, is it okay if we have more ice cream?'" And I went, "Yes, of course it is. Here, have more chocolate ice cream." And she said, "Julie, I don't care. Do you know how stressful it is for me and for the kids right now? Of course they should have more ice cream." And I just love that idea of it. And that's not to say like everyone should be overeating and all these things, but that sort of acceptance of you know, don't, this is a really hard time. It's really, really hard. We can't see our family. We can't hug people. We can't connect. Like, we're missing so much. If you need to eat that extra brownie, like, fine. <laughs> Do it. Yes. And be, be, you know, be compassionate with yourself. You know, say, yes, this is really, really hard for me. And, and then do what you need to do. Um, and then forgive yourself. And work through it feel the feeling and you know digest it get out on the other side and uh, yeah. know that there's a something on the other side you know there's something yeah. at the end um, and I think that's what we often forget is that or at least this is my experience that when I start panicking I start over catastrophizing uh, because my whole body is in stress mode and I'm, t- I'm tense I'm tight and my and then that sends a signal to my brain that I'm in danger so they, so my brain starts over catastrophizing everything, and especially the "this will never end" feeling of often comes up, you know. And then, but I can't be drinking alcohol forever. I can't, uh, you know, I I can't use this coping mechanism <laughs> forever, you know. Ah, what do I do? What do I do? And you think it's the end of the world. And I think if we can hold on to this, no, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. 
there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and uh, some of the some of the techniques that I have used is uh, breathing different breathing techniques to calm my body down, relax. Because as soon as your body relaxes, and there's air and oxygen flowing through your body, it sends a message to your brain that you're okay, you're safe, you can relax. And, and it starts seeing more um, real reality, truth. It will end. You know, there is um, something in your control at the end. You know. Yeah. I think also just taking it a, li a little bit more day by day, because um, I think a lot of people had like, when's the last date? And when does lockdown end? And when are all these things? And I think just being like, just take it day by day and see how you feel. And really, my other sister gave a good tip. She said, I'm really starting to just, she said, I was always planning ahead and going traveling and going to this place and going to this place. And, and she said, I can't do that now. So now it's more like, oh, look, she, my daughter drew this picture and really starting getting into like the smaller moments. Cause that's all we, that's all we have right now is the smaller moments. <laughs> Well, that, that's quite deep. I like that. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it's true, isn't it? it right yeah. now, like yesterday, um, I looked down on my balcony and there were snowflakes coming down. And we haven't had snow here. And that was literally the only snow I saw was just snowflakes. But I just stood out on the balcony and I was like, this is a small moment. Because there are no big moments right now. So just stand here and enjoy this small moment. And it was so lovely for me. And... I felt very like childlike and you know that's what kids do they enjoy this these small moments they get excited about like dirt and being like woohoo i'm gonna drive my truck over it how exciting like yeah um the sort of child childlike wonder and um yeah so it's i think trying to if if you're getting stuck which i do if you're getting stuck in this like when does the lockdown end when can i come out just be like i don't know and accept that maybe you don't know and be like, I'm just going to enjoy these small moments. I'm going to enjoy this brownie or, ooh, I'm going to watch this new show or just like, just take it in smaller, smaller yes. bits, smaller chunks. Cause, yes, because yeah. the, the holding on to the end thing is, is again, this, um, that makes you feel safe. Okay, this situation is shit now, but it's going to end on the blah, blah, blah date. Um, so I can hold on, I can... I can get through it, but so it creates a sense of safety, and um, but not and what you can do is create this safety in the little things, mm -hmm. this this um, enjoying the snowflakes, enjoying the puddles, uh, you know the little the little things, the smiles, the hugs that you do get. Um, yeah. The, just relaxing a little bit more. I, I think what one of the big things that I've learned is that, oh, well, I can't do anything right now. I can't, I can't, um, you know, I can't go shopping. I the stores are closed, so I can't fix that light bulb, whatever. I can't go buy a new light bulb. So what can I do? Well, you know what? I can sit on the couch and I can hug my child. And um, yes, we're watching TV and we're probably watching way too much TV. <laughs> but what else are we going to do? You know, let's just enjoy the moment. Yeah, it's so true. I, I had something really relaxing for me has been, um, I've just been listening and dancing a lot to music, like literally just putting music on in the kitchen and just like dancing like my heart out and relaxing because I've had a lot like, you know, you sit at work, you look at screens and you go and look at the TV and then you're on your phone FaceTime and you're just on your screens and sometimes I need to not look at screens so like just dancing about has been really easy but I thought what was really interesting is that I at the beginning I would start I would have like baths and I would put on like relaxing music like plink plunk plunk and that was stressing that yeah. stressed me out like because I and I thought about it last night it's this idea of <laughs> I read somewhere that like people with anxiety tend to watch the same programs and the same movies over and over again because you know what's going to happen it's a so safety it feels it safe um which explains why I've watched new girl four times through in the co <laughs> COVID 
bit. Um, but I thought about this idea with music as I was listening to this relaxing music and I didn't know what was coming next. I didn't know if there was going to be some insane drums or like a drop or something. And I was like, I, I actually can't. So most of my music I've been listening to has been like musical theater. I know where I have there. Like I know where I got there and like really pop music, like chart music or like oldies, like stuff that my brain knows and associates with happy dancey times or or even if it's a musical a really sad musical like Les Mis or something I know it's going to get sad I know she's going to die but I know that's going to happen so I know spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think that's been a something for me is that listening and watching stuff that your brain knows because there's so much like you said there's so much unknown right now and if you need to watch frozen 2 for the 10th time that's been me like that's okay (laughs) because i think before covid we had this idea of i need to be watching the new shows i need to be listening to the new artists i need to be watching the new films because you like need to keep up with stuff but something that's helped me is just being like i'm just gonna watch the same thing over and over again because I know how that ends, and that makes me feel safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need that. Um, I love it. Yeah. Totally. I watch things over and over again also. I, for me, it's series. At the moment, I this is embarrassing. I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm watching Beverly Hills at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? I also think it's very healing for me, because I used to watch, Last time I watched Beverly Hills was um, in my teens. Uh, so I'm, I'm re-watching these episodes and I'm remembering how I felt as a teenager mm-hmm. and it's kind of healing like I'm going through the feelings again and, and knowing that it's just a TV show but when you're 16, 17 it's like the whole world is, 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 <laughs> is that um, yeah. So, yeah so that's something that um, also has been very present for me is the healing the inner child in healing um, the old wounds that we've mentioned a few times that, that come up. This, this, because it's not only you that's feeling unsafe at the moment. Your inner child is also feeling unsafe. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I think, I think that's something to be mindful of, that when you're reacting, it might not always be you who's act, reacting, but your inner child that's like calling out for you, like, help, I'm... I'm scared. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's no, you know, it's no surprise that everyone's feeling, it's like everyone's inner child is acting out because they can't see their family, they can't see their mom, they can't see their grandparents. Like, that is inner child screaming if you're getting stressed because you can't go see your family because your kid, like the kid in you wants to see, you know, your mom or your sister or your guardian or something. Like, they want, they want a hug and they want to, they want you know I want my hand held like yeah (laughs) I I keep having this image of my sister that lives close to me who I can't see her but I can like feel her holding my hand and like that's what I'm missing and like Mm -hmm. that idea of just having your hand held um but I agree with this inner child and that's also why I'm saying like Disney films has helped me and cookies like all these things that a kid probably (laughs) yes and drive your truck through the mud you know maybe we should all go out and do that (laughs) well I started um I bought a box of crayons and then I because I was listening to I love Michelle Obama and I was listening to her doctor saying that when she gets stressed she just takes crayons on a piece of paper and she just draws like she just colors and stuff and um and I found that was so wonderful, like just sitting and I even like sat on the floor like a kid would and just sat and like, um, and that was really healing and just being like, and it wasn't anything like draw your emotions and your feelings. I was just like, doo-ba-doo-ba-doo, just coloring, coloring it out. Um, I've been like painting, um, it's been good. And even in like singing lessons, when I have them, I've been doing Disney songs, like I haven't been doing hard things I don't know I've just been like my brain is tired I just need to do stuff I know and stuff I feel and um yeah I think that's been a really good coping mechanism mm-hmm. just take care of what would you like what what does your child need when you were a kid and you were feeling scared what did you did you need I think you know people I can see it on my husband he's been playing video games and he's been playing games online with his friends that's probably something he would do as a teenager that's been helping him a lot and um, maybe there's something quite humbling in all of us 
looking at like what does my inner child need right now and um I think that's a really nice I like that a lot mm-hmm. um, yeah I can see us all hugging like our inner child yeah. like you're safe yeah. relax yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause the bottom line is it's really scary what's happening right now. Yeah, it is. And I think I think it's okay. And I kind of wish the the leaders would say that sometimes and say like, I know you're scared. I'm scared. Like sometimes I want them to say that because we can get lost in these numbers and these oh and then budget and jobs and all these things. And sometimes I just want a leader to say, do you know what? I'm also really scared and. And the best moments I've seen from leaders around the world has been when they've said, like, I'm also sad I can't do this, and yeah. I miss my family. And those moments um, when you've seen that have been more... It's weird when someone says that, you would think you would be more scared. Like, wait, you don't have things under control. But when someone actually says that, you're like, oh, I also feel sad and scared. That makes me feel safer. Yeah. Um, so I think people also... Don't be afraid to say to other people, like, I'm feeling sad and scared. And, um, yeah, something last year I felt a lot. I was getting almost annoyed when I was seeing people thriving, like people being like, I've lost weight and I've done this and I've done that. And you're like, (sighs) (laughs) I I kept, yeah, I kept saying, like, I am not thriving. I'm just surviving. That was like my motto. Um. And that's not to say everyone suddenly needs to be like, I'm doing terribly. Like, if you're doing okay, then you can say you're doing okay. That's fine. But but I think don't be scared to say, like, I'm I'm scared. And Yeah, I think... Often people say, no. I'm scared. No. <laughs> no. No, no, it's not. Because no. it's a sign of weakness, isn't it? Yeah. I think... I think and it shows you, it's like a kid. It's like you're a kid. Oh, you're scared. That's like a child thing to do. Whereas we do get, still get scared as adults <laughs> quite a lot. I think also um, it, it's, it's difficult to say I'm scared because you don't want the other one to feel sorry for you. You don't want the other person mm-hmm. to feel pity. Um, or, or even worse, you don't want the other person to feel scared for you. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of my biggest challenges I think this year has been that I'm so I'm a sensitive empath and I'm a complete sponge for other people's emotions um and um so I can feel when the whole world is is um reacting and it's heavy it's heavy I can sit and cry for no reason nothing is happening around me I can just cry because I can feel another child being mistreated uh, somewhere in like <laughs> in the neighbor's house <laughs> like very you know um when the when the first lockdown happened that was my first big big fear was that all these children who are in dysfunctional families are um, or women being held hostage by their abusive husbands um that is just absolutely awful terrible and um i was i was crying for these kids for these women in the beginning and eventually, I can't hold on to all these emotions. I can't. Um, it's just too much for a little person like me to, to deal with. And I had to learn to let go. I had to learn to let go of other people's emotions. Um, so I, I found this tool. My, it was my therapist who gave it to me. That I, she, put, she told me to put my hands up on, on a wall, or preferably a tree or something, nature, and then have my feet firm in the ground and then sort of close my eyes and imagine that nature or, or Mother Earth is giving me all the nutrients that I need and that through my legs I'm letting go of, of everything I don't need anymore and then letting that go into um, the ground that then fertilizes it and uses it, blah, blah, blah. But so that I can, I can you know, visualize letting go of other people's feelings um, and only hold on to my own because my own already quite uh, big to handle, you know, the, all the fear and all that. Um, so carrying other people's emotions is really, really heavy. So, yeah, that's also a tip to, to uh, manage your anxiety is to, is to, you know, have your anxiety. Don't take other people's anxiety on as well. <laughs> that's their anxiety. You have your anxiety. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
So what are your, like, because we're going to be in this for a while longer now. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I was reading today that this isn't going to be, people are being like spring, summer, but we're probably looking at, like, restrictions, you know, probably to the end of the year. That's not to say it will be like, we'll be in lockdown to the end of the year, but you know, it's going to take time for vaccines and for restrictions to come back. But what are your sort of coping mechanisms and your ways of getting through? Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, how we need to see it is that uh, the virus is not going to go away. We need to learn to live with the virus. Um, so to me, there's never going to be an end. Uh, there's going to be a different, there's going to be a change. We're going to live differently. What that looks like, nobody knows um and already that i think is scary to think about but that that's i think is unfortunately the reality but holding on to what you can control when you're faced with the uncontrollable what can you control um and uh breathing techniques um relax your body when your body is relaxed it sends a signal to your brain that that everything is okay and then your brain can see things more clearly and you can relate to facts instead of relating to something your brain over-catastrophizes. So breathing techniques so you can relax your body, um, does, at least has helped me tremendously. Healthy eating. I know we've talked about, like, let's have that extra bowl of ice cream if you want to. Let's have that extra alcohol. But healthy eating, exercise, fresh air, those things really go a long way when it comes to resilience. Um, so I think... As much as you can, get that, get those vegetables in there, um, because they do relax your gut, uh, your your microbiota, your your bacteria that you have in your gut. They do um, relax, which then sends a message to your brain that everything is okay. You can relax. So they do help you deal with um, difficult things. Um, and exercise, just move your body, because when we're sitting still. Uh, that can feel scary. It can feel uh, a constraint. So if you, when you're moving, you know, I love the dancing in the kitchen thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes, I'm. You know, I want to do that. Dance in the kitchen. Just move your body so that. Also, so your body knows it's alive. You know, when we're sitting still, we're not. We're not really alive. Can I? I'm gonna add to the exercise. As someone who hates exercise and hates sports and anything like that, um, I would add on to that. Like. Get, maybe get rid of the term exercise in your brain if you're kind of like me because as soon as I hear exercise I'm like I don't want to I hate it like just call it movement I, that's why like you said move your body like if you're someone who's like I don't want to do an you know a hit of online body pump workout whatever that is um <laughs> Like I don't do, I literally hate exercise so much. <laughs> I don't, I don't do that either. <laughs> but like, you know, if you're one of those, if you're someone like me, something like dancing in the kitchen, like if you just put on five songs, like you've already moved for maybe 15, 20 minutes and, and you don't even have to just shake your, you know, shake a little bit. Or that's why I love walking or find some movement that makes you feel I love the way you said move that makes you feel alive like don't think you have to be doing these Joe Wicks workouts like everyone's doing or something just move to feel alive I love that yeah beautiful move to feel alive that's what we all want isn't it to feel safe and alive yeah but yeah I do feel like you can get stuck in this uh oh I need to doing these for and some of them are fun but god i hate yes. the kid in school that hated pe i was like why am i running i hate this <laughs> <laughs> well which which reminds me also to have compassion um with yourself if you're gonna overeat if you're gonna not exercise or move or whatever um it's okay or if you drank too much wine it's okay it's hard and it is hard for everyone okay yeah and have compassion with the people around you as well yeah um these rule breakers and stuff i think something that has helped me is i've been like i'm doing everything that feels safe for me maybe them having to go have that drink with their friend like made them feel safe and although they're breaking the rules 
showing some sort of compassionate that really we are. This is the first time in a long time that we've all been in something together and we're all reacting to it in a different way. And um, yeah, I love this idea of compassionate for ourselves and the people around us, for our poor husbands stuck in <laughs> stuck inside <laughs> with our crazy selves. <laughs> they love it. They love it. I don't think they would want it any other way. <laughs> they chose this. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, and Luis. And remember, just you are safe. And Luis, you are safe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I need it. <laughs>